The shadows of storm and night. The mysteries of life and light. From unearthly peculiarities, celestial and divine, to apparitions and transcendental signs. You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. Hey, Beck. So normally, we like to share ordinary people with extraordinary experiences. But today, we have a guest that is an extraordinary person and has extraordinary experiences. She is a psychic medium, demon seer, animal communicator, international author, a paranormal consultant, and an investigator. She's the founder of Ghosts and Girls Paranormal, specialty being in the removal of negative entities. She's appeared on Ghost Adventures, Midnight in the Desert with Dave Schrader, and Unexplained Files with Howard Hughes, just to name a few. She's written A Medium's Guide to the Paranormal, The Dark Side of the Paranormal, Paranormal Encounters Book 1 and 2, Out of Time, Demon Seekers, The Journey Begins, and is set to release her new book in December of this year entitled Demon Seer the beginning. Please welcome June Lundgren. Hi, June. Thanks for being here with us today. Hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We've been so excited for this. Before we begin, where can people find you and your work if they're interested? Uh, I have a couple of websites. If you go to demonseer.com, it will get you to my website and you can connect with me on that. There's a contact form. There's an area to sign up for notification when Demon Seer is released. All my books are on Amazon and Smashwords. And I'm on Facebook under June Lundgren or Demon Seer. I'm on Twitter. I'm just kind of all around. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, for our listeners who are interested, I will have that information linked in the description of this episode. June, let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and when you noticed your abilities developing? I was basically dumped off on my grandmother, my grandparents, when I was a baby. And my grandmother was a medium and a psychic, and she knew right away that I had abilities. So I've, I've had them all my life. And she kind of mentored me throughout my growing up years which helped me to understand what I was seeing and how I was seeing it. And she said, you see more than I do. She says, I can't see everything that you see. And she says, I'll help you to the best of my abilities. Michael, the archangel, was always around me from the time I was a baby on. My uh, grandmother saw him constantly with me. And the animals would gather around and always want to be by me. So she figured that I had the ability to communicate with them because they were always looking like they were listening to what I was saying, even though I wasn't saying anything out loud. I grew up like that. I thought that everybody could do what I do. And the one thing that differentiated me from my grandmother was I see demons in their pure form. I see them as angels see them. And it's not something that people want to see. It's like if a normal person were to see what I see, they would not be happy. It scares them. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's like most people see them as the image that they project in your mind, how they want you to see them. You know, they look into your mind, they pull out your image of what a demon should look like, and they magnify that by a hundred and they present themselves as that so that you see them that way. They can't do that with me. I see them as they truly are, and they don't like that. 
and they don't want anybody knowing, you know, what they look like. But for me, it's normal. I'm not afraid of them. They don't bother me. They're annoying more than anything. I just don't like it when they bother people and attack people and children and animals. You know, I don't like that at all. I didn't learn what was within me until I died in my motorcycle accident in 1988. I was uh, riding my bike and a woman ran a red light and hit me. And I was clinically dead for two minutes. On the other side, that's a long time. So I was over there. My grandparents met me. I went through the light and, and Michael was there. And he said, this is, you were meant to come here so you can understand what and who you are. And it's like, you know, I'm still in my physical brain. So I'm thinking, Michael, I'm just me. He's like, no, you're not. And then he put his hand on my forehead and all of these lifetimes passed in like a blink of an eye. And when it ended, he said, look at yourself. And I looked down at myself and it wasn't me. It wasn't my physical body. I looked like he did, you know, about seven feet tall, 12 foot wingspan. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had like reddish dark hair and blue green eyes. And he says, this is who you truly are. He said, you have the soul of Ariel, the archangel within your physical body. He says, you've had that in all the lifetimes. This is 131st. And he said, she was sent down to learn to have compassion for mankind because she had no compassion. She had been on the other side for so long. And her whole job was to kill demons. She had grown hard and uncaring. Michael showed me what happened and why she was sent back because it was 1198 AD and she ripped a demon out of a living person and the body died. And it wasn't the first time, I guess, that this had happened. So God says, you need to go back and live physical world lives so you understand what these people are going through. So you learn to have compassion for them. Of course, that's the last thing she wanted to do. But once I came back, you know, once I woke up with the police officer standing over me, it's like, he looked so relieved when I opened my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my poor bike was across the road, you know, laying up against a wall. So it's like, okay. But, you know, ever since then, it was hard for me to comprehend and to deal with that at that time. It took me a couple of years to understand what she was all about. And even then it was hard. So Michael said, I'm going to merge your consciousness with her consciousness so you can hear her thoughts. She can hear yours and you can talk to her. He did that. And ever since then, it's been much easier to deal with her because she's all about killing demons. When I go on a location, I automatically know where the demon is, what type it is, how it got there, why it's there. And that's all instinctive because of her. Demons, they communicate in Aramaic. And so my brain is hardwired to understand it. I have an Aramaic dictionary, but it's funny. When I read it, I don't understand it. But when they speak it, I understand it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of different, but all right. <laughs> that's interesting. Now, when you're dealing with a demonic entity, does she kind of step forward from she, within you? Yeah, she does. She comes forward. I remember the first encounter I had after the merger. I had a lot of questions. Sat down with Michael. I'm like, you know, these dudes can kill you. <laughs> what's what's up with that? How can I protect myself and stuff like that? And he's like, you don't have to. He says, I protect the body. And so does Ariel. We protect the body. 
because without the physical body, you can't do the work you're supposed to be doing. So I got a call from my sister-in-law and she says, there's something wrong with your brother. He's not himself. His eyes turn black. He's growling. He's just nasty looking. He emanates negativity. And so I went up. They live about 20 miles away from me. So I went over and Michael says, just park outside the house. He said, get out of the car. He says, I want you to face the house and I want you to summon the demon to you. And I'm thinking to myself, are you out of your mind? (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time I've, I've had to deal with one, you know, in person, so to speak. And he's like, no, I'm not. Just do it. I'm like, okay. So I'm standing there and I asked the demon to come forth. And this, at first, this black mask came through the wall of the house and it turned into how I perceive demons. And it starts swearing at me and everything else. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. It gets about five feet from me. And then suddenly my consciousness goes to the back and Ariel comes forward and she's speaking in Aramaic. She's telling it, stupid demon don't you know who i am she says i'll take your life and she reached over and grabbed it by the throat and sent it down to the darkness once that happened when she was done her consciousness went back to the back of my mind and i told michael and gabe was there too i said really really i said (laughs) you you use me as bait and he's like you had to understand that you can do this and you had to understand that there's no need to be afraid he says that this is the only way that we could do it so that you understood i said you threw me into the fire and he's like yeah kind of wow <laughs> so ever since then it's like okay fine it's just same old same old when she comes forward within you do you kind of take a back seat and go somewhere else or are you in it no, with her i'm in it with her i hear what she's saying. I see what she's saying. I see what she's doing. It's as if I'm doing it, but I, you know, my physical body's doing it, but the rest of me is kind of like watching. And I know that people, I was doing this for years before somebody actually said to me, do you know you physically change when Ariel comes forward? I'm like, I don't have a mirror. A, B, I'm a little busy removing a D. (laughs) You know, I said, no, and I don't care. But people tell me, you know, my eyes turn white and I look about 20 years old and a lot of people see wings coming out of my shoulders. Wow. So and my voice changes. And it's like, I don't notice because I'm like, you know, kind of hanging out in the back <laughs> watching things. It's interesting, I guess. Now, I come from a Catholic background. So I know like a lot of exorcist priests, they like to have the demon's name to have control. Now, is that something you have to do or do you just have access? I just know what their name is. You just know what their name is. The minute I perceive them. I know exactly what their name is. Is that important for you to know their name? Is that give a special control over them? No, no, not really. Oh, because um, I know for like a, an exorcist to them, that's like a big deal when they find right. the <laughs> it is because yeah. they don't have the ability to instinctively know what the name of the demon is. See, if they had an archangel inside of them, like I do, she's dealt with just about every one of them. So she knows who they are. She knows they can change their outward appearance because demons evolve. It's a slow evolution, but they do evolve. So I automatically get it the minute I connect with them or somebody sends me an email with a picture of the location or the individual. I know right away who the demon is, how long it's been there, how they attracted it or didn't attract it as the case may be. All of that is downloaded into my brain just instinctively. 
you're probably the most unique person I've ever met in my life. Um, <laughs> I never I said I was work, normal. <laughs> I used to work in a comic book store. They could use a story like this. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like listening to something so unique. I've never heard of this before. And I find it so fascinating because I've had my own demonic experiences. So maybe later in the show, if we have time, I will tell you about it. And I'd like to sure. get your opinion on that. Sure. Today is Halloween and yeah. it is a full moon to boot. And yep. this is the time where the veil is the thinnest. Now, do you notice uh -huh. an uptick in the negative and demonic entities during this time? Uh, not really. It's actually been, it's actually been increasing since 2013. I was talking to God one day back in the beginning of 2013. And he's like, listen, starting around September, things are going to start increasing, more paranormal activity, more negativity, more violence. This is all going to start increasing. And he was right. September that year was the school shooting back in Connecticut. Why do you think it's increasing? They're trying to come into our world. Most of the time, we're a pain in the rear for them. They don't really care one way or another. But the new agenda for them is to open a dark portal. And I'm not talking just about, you know, there's a lot of little ones running around, but I'm talking about a huge dark portal so that the old demons can come into the world. We can't have that happening. This is not a good thing. In 2018, January 25th edition of Newsweek, the Vatican came out and said, we're training more exorcists than ever because of increase in possession cases. I mean, the Vatican never says boo, you know, about anything like that. For them to come out and break their silence and say that, that's something untoward, so to speak. But it's true. Since the COVID things hit, it just brings a lot of anxiety out, a lot of depression, a lot of fear, you know, so... My cases have increased substantially uh, all over the world. I get cases from Netherlands, Australia. I had one from Australia last night I worked on. I mean, it's everywhere. You know, it's just increasing substantially. And they're trying more and more to get into our world. And it's kind of bizarre because there's a hierarchy in, in the dark side. Uh, the old demons, you know, there's Lucifer and then there's his generals. There's three of them. And then there are the old demons. I would say they were equal to the archangels in abilities. They're some of the oldest ones. Usually we're not worth their time and effort. They kind of sit back and watch things happen. And then there are the what I call the lesser demons. They're like hormonal teenagers. And they like to come into the physical world and cause problems, as much problems as they can. But the dark ones are all about using people of power to cause pain and suffering. They don't care about the individual one. They want to use people of power to manipulate, to cause worldwide problems. They're like on the big scale. And last month, in one week, I did 21 removals. It's like, give me a break here. I work full time as a nurse. You know, I have one day off during the week and I have the weekends. Because we're in this political upheaval right now, this divide and everything, do you see that this is affecting politicians? Or do you maybe see overlays of demonic? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of overlays. Yeah, quite a few. There is a group of men, that's one woman, but I would say men, that I call it the cabal. They are nine people. They are the world's most powerful people. And they're all about manipulating the economy, manipulating everything, literally, even to like immunizations and things like that. They play behind the scenes, and this is what they do. And most people don't even have a clue that they're even there. I know that a few years ago, one of them died. 
and they cannot do anything when one of them dies. They have nine members because they do not want to tie. So when that one died for two years, they did nothing. And the economy was actually doing quite well. And then once they chose the ninth person and got them on board, we started going downhill again in oh, a lot boy. of different respects. So I know the names of a few of them, but I'm not going to say it because no, <laughs> that's you know, okay. I'd, like to, I'd like to live another day. They have demon attachments. Those guys do. Three of them have demonic attachments, and they're the three main ones. I feel like you can almost see that if you look uh -huh. just to the average person. Sometimes I can get a glimpse of things that just look exactly. off. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, is Lucifer and Satan the same? Yeah. Uh, demons have two names. They have the white light name, which was Lucifer, what he was when he was still a light angel. And then when he you know, rose up against God and was put into the darkness, God opened a rift and put him into a dark realm. And then they took on dark names. They gave themselves dark names, which for him is Satan. And Lucifer, I prefer Lucifer. Even like I said, there is a hierarchy. He has respect for Ariel and the archangels because he knows they can take him down for one. Because during the war between light and dark, although they were all light at the time, Ariel disarmed Lucifer's son and Michael disarmed Lucifer. The whole thing started because we lived in another universe. That's, I don't want to be Star Wars, but far, far away, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and we had physical bodies then. And we were basically primitive people when the entity that we call God or the greater consciousness, he found them and he helped them evolve and get away from wars, get away from money, greed, all that stuff. So we evolved in the, to the pursuit of knowledge rather than power and monetary gain, so to speak. But once everybody evolved into pure energy, we traveled as a group among the stars, seeing everything we could, experiencing everything we could. And then we got to the point where there were quite a few of the souls that said, listen, you know, we're tired of this. We want to have children. We want to know physical love. We want to have a physical body again. And we know it comes with a price, but this is what we want. We can learn from it. We can grow with it. Lucifer's followers said, uh-uh, not happening. We do not want to be subject to pain, growing old, disease, none of that. We're not having it. So that's when him and his followers rose up against God and the Legion of Light. And when they lost, it's like, you know what? I'm going to give you exactly what you want. You're never going to be able to take physical form again. They were happy with that at first. And then over the centuries, it's, you know, they've grown vindictive and angry and resentful. And so their whole goal is to cause as much problems to white light souls who inhabit bodies as they possibly can. So that's their whole agenda. June, in the Bible, like the Old Testament, mm -hmm. there is a reference to angels like mating with human beings. Mm -hmm. Would that be something that you're talking about, that this was part of the ancient world? Michael's, because I asked him about that. Michael says, we can't do that. We, you know, we don't have a physical body. We are sometimes take on the representation of a physical body, but unless you're born, like Ariel was born into this physical body. and I think that that's what they were referencing. Like right now, there are a lot of warrior angels that are reborn into the physical world to fight the darkness. And I'm thinking that that's probably what they're referencing rather than the fact that 
actual angels are having sex with people, you know. Yes. It's because they're being reborn. I mean, people say, well, what's God doing about it? Why all this darkness? Why is all this happening? And they're thinking that he's ignoring them, but he's not. Why do you think that we're in the world today? The warrior angels, the archangels, there are eight archangels in the world today. Myself being one of them, I have found all of them but one. I know all of them but one. So I'm still looking for the last one. But my job was to help them understand who and what resides within them. And sometimes people, the one I found in England, thought he was like schizophrenic or something because he was hearing voices in his head. You know, he could see things and everything. And I sat him down and said, this is what's going on. And I was able to merge his consciousness with his angelic consciousness. And since that happened, he's fighting the dark ones. You know, he's he's a light worker. He's going on and helping others understand what's going on in the world. And he's doing so much better. He's like, no wonder. <laughs> now, do they all have different roles to play or do they exactly. all battle yeah. darkness like you? Well, they all fight the dark, but some of them have different roles. There's only two of us that are demon slayers that are in the world today. The others are all about bringing light and awareness and teaching. Do you think that Ouija boards open the gates for demons to come through? You know, I can't tell you how many times I get that question. But the thing is, people don't understand. Everything opens a portal. If you read tarot, if you read playing cards, if you do a paranormal investigation, Ouija board, if you use crystals or do scrying, all of these things open a portal. People fail to understand. If you open the portal, yeah, you got to close it. But they don't close it. All these portals are left open. So any dog and their brother can come through. Really, if you leave a door open, it's kind of like a light in the dark. Oh, what's in yeah. there? That makes sense. And they'll come through. That's why anytime you do any of those things, you need to ask for God's blessing. And then when you finish, you know, reading the tarot, doing a reading for somebody, whatever, you thank God and ask him to close the portal. And the angel will close the portal. The problem is people have no clue that that's what happens when you do these things. I've been trying to educate people about that. We have the Oregon Ghost Conference that's coming up in March of this coming year. The last one was canceled. But I'm doing a lecture on this sort of thing. Because people need to know. People need to understand. They you just do. don't go out, yeah, you just don't go out and investigate. Oh, okay, let's let's go. I've got an EMF meter, I've got a digital recorder, I'm just gonna go out and do it. Uh no. Now I'm involved in the paranormal community in a sense. I don't go out and investigate as much, but mm -hmm. I do communicate through devices. Uh, I guess right. they call me an electronic medium because I use electronics, but I try to deal with the entities or spirits that have crossed. And right. I open and close with a prayer, but many in the paranormal community that I've spoken with, they don't even believe that demons exist. They think it's <laughs> been overly hyped uh, from the television programs and the pop culture. What do you have to say about demons not existing or not even being a real thing? I wish they didn't exist. I I'd be out of a job, which is fine with me. But, <laughs> but, but the thing is, most people do not believe in them until they have an incident, until they meet one, so to speak. First, they try to deny it at first. They're like, oh, you know, it's just bad luck or it's just a, you know, a human spirit that's followed me home or whatever. But as things escalate, then they realize, oh, it's not just bad luck. It's not just a human spirit. But a lot of people have to experience to believe. I had one gentleman I was on a, I was on a radio show with years ago. 
and I won't say his name because I don't really think much about him, but he says, oh, there's no such things. I've never run into them. And I looked at him, I said, oh, good for you. I wish I could say the same. Yeah. I said, <laughs> I, said I said, but you will. And he did. <laughs> but wow. they exist. If you stop and think logically about it, you know, you have to have a balance in the universe, good versus bad. There has to be a balance there. The flip side of everything, there's, it's like, it's like dealing with an alternate universe type of thing. You know, you have to have the balance. So even if you never run into a demon, which I hope people don't, but if you do happen to run into one, you need to know how to help yourself. And many people don't know where to go. I've had people that have had issues for years and had no clue as to how to get help. They've tried everything under the sun sleeping with tobacco under their under their pillow, bathing in salt water, bathing in coffee, walking backwards in a circle three times. I mean, these people are desperate. They're in desperate need because these things are making their life a living hell. I understand that. I mean, that's why I take it seriously. When somebody tells me, I think I have an attachment or I think I've encountered a negative entity, I'll tell them, well, send me a picture because the moment I see the picture, I know it's there. Most of the time, people come to me it's because they're meant to come to me. The people, their guides and guardians, even if they have a demonic attachment, the guides and guardians will maneuver them to get into connection with me. Once the connection happens, then it's like they're relieved about it. And then we go from there because they know that once they make the connection, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to make sure that these things are gone and that their life is no longer a living hell. I totally agree with everything you're saying. The valid point here is that until you experience it, you're really not going to believe most people don't, you know, and I think that's the same thing with any kind of spirit activity. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. With my experience, I didn't see anything, but my mother had experienced, and and this is a question that she had wanted me to pose. And Uh are doppelgangers demons? They're kind of minion. They're kind of in the same class as a watcher. Watchers are neither good nor bad. They exist to literally watch. They observe. Every now and then you'll get one that's more negative or more positive. But a doppelganger is the same type of thing. They're neither good nor bad. They're kind of in between. They do it because they can, to prove that they can, because it's a game for them. They're all about that. And like I said, every now and then you'll come across a bad one or a good one. But unfortunately, there seems to be more negative ones than there are positive ones. And I don't know what the attraction is for them, but it just happens a lot. Maybe it's because they can do whatever the heck they want whenever they want to and cause as much confusion and discontent as they can possibly do. You hear people speak about sulfur or smells that are associated. What else is associated with that? How would you know that it is not just a negative entity, but it's actually something demonic and dark? If it's a human entity, a human negative, you know, somebody who's nasty in life and nasty in death because they haven't made ascension completely, they're still stuck in their physical thought process, then you get cold spots, external cold spots. You can get smells like lilacs, cigar smoke or whatever. They can move things, you know, they can push you, all that sort of thing. But if it's an inhuman, what you get is it can be 100 degrees outside, but in your core you can actually feel the cold. It's like you're frozen on the inside 
and there's nothing externally. I mean, you, there's no cold spots. There's none of that. Then you'll get a, like a really sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. It almost nauseates you. And then you can smell like rotting flesh. You can smell sulfur. You can see a lot of dead insects, birds, you name it. These are all outward signs that they're there. You can see, you know, the dark mist. Some people perceive it as a dark mist or cloud or shadow type figure. All of these are, you know, precursors to know that they're watching, that they're there. And the best advice I could give anybody is never, ever let them know that you see them. Do not do that because to do that is to draw attention to yourself. Oh man. <laughs> because if you, if you're going along and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I see, that. Oh, yeah, okay. And you just keep it to yourself and you move on. Then they think you don't see them. So they're like, eh, okay. We'll move on to somebody else. But the minute you say, Hey Joe, I saw a shadow person. And then you're screwed. <laughs> Because that, that draws attention to you. That's probably the scariest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't mean to, I'm laughing because I'm just like, I've, I feel like, have I made this mistake? I might have because uh, when I was 33, I saw something in my room and then I was mm -hmm. tormented for about four months until I went to a priest and I acknowledged it. I saw, I was like, Hey, yeah. you get out of here. You know? Yeah. Never acknowledge and it. <laughs> I didn't know. I was scared. So I said, Jesus name, get out of here. And it did disappear, but then I was tormented. It would be back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Unfortunately. What is their end game? I mean, what are they set out to accomplish exactly just to drive you mad, to kill you? I mean, what is it? Their, their ultimate goal is to make you as miserable as possible, to regret that you're even alive. And they do it in such a manner that they have all the time in the world. They can make you miserable. One lady I had that was a possession case, 20 years, 20 years, she had had this demon, this possession. It was like, it was a partial possession. It would come and go, but she ended up with 11 of them within her. And it's just incredible. I did the removal and we got down to the last demon that needed to leave. And usually Ariel's only out for a few minutes because it only takes her a few minutes. But there was 11 of them in this woman and got down to the last one and Ariel found out that this demon was hiding. It was supposed to do a job for Lucifer and it just didn't bother. So he had been looking for it for quite some time. It was hiding within her masking. She was masking it. But I told her, I said, you know, I went with a friend who's a minister and the girl that works with me in Ghosts and Girls. And I said, okay, if you want to go home, I said, I can ask Jesus to come and bring you home. And then my two friends are like parting to the side as this large white hand comes towards the woman and Jesus' hand came forward. And then the demon said, no, you're, you're lying. I'm not going to go with you. And so Jesus withdrew his hand and then Ariel says, fine, Lucifer come forth is what she said. And here comes this black figure down the hallway towards where everyone is. My friends are like freaking out. He's like, demon, come with me. Only he said his name, which I'm not going to say. And it refused to go. And Lucifer looked at me and said, I'll be back. And he turned and walked down the hall and disappeared. Well, we all went home. And at 3 a.m., everybody in their respective bed woke up and heard it's done. 
So I called her the next day and she says, I haven't felt like this in 20 years. She's like, I feel like there's nothing in me. And I told her, I said, please, please get some counseling. You have PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) You need need counseling. (laughs) Now, do you find that these demons inhabit particular types of people? They look for people with mental illness. They look for people with a substance abuse. They look for some people that are victims of violence, whether it's domestic or any kind, uh, sexually abused. They look for people that are really weak-willed and have no faith. Most of the time, you know, people they don't have no faith. And so that's what they're looking for. All of these factors, they're looking to see if they're easily influenced, if they have something that the demons can use as leverage against them. All of these factors play into it because it's not like you're walking by a store and a demon just up and attaches to you. It's not that. They're like stalkers. They wait and they watch. What happens is, it's kind of weird, but the creepy crawlies, as I call them, they're the little guys that are annoying and they can look like bugs and everything else you know like stick people and all that stuff they are the precursors they go and they search for people when they find them they kind of wait and watch them and if they think that they're worthy enough so to speak to have an attachment they'll tell their master which is the lesser demon then the master will watch for a while and learn their weaknesses and how to get to them and if they're easily led all these things and then once they decide then they attach themselves to you like i said they got all the time in the world a lot of people don't even know that this is happening they're just there it's kind of like the lesser demon is the shark and the creepy crawlies are the pilot fish they go along for the ride and clean them up It's not like it's, you know, you're just walking down the street. It doesn't happen like that. Now, as a nurse, you must see a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and 46 years of nursing, yeah. That's why I don't work hospital work anymore. (laughs) Did you notice with people that did have these bipolar issues or mental issues or people that came in with uh, clearly mental issues that there were attachments more than not? About 50%, really. It's only about 50%. The rest is, are true mental illnesses. But you can always tell because I can tell. People ask me, well, you know, how do you know it's mental illness versus a demon? I said, if I was a normal person, I probably wouldn't be able to tell. But I can see the demon. So so I know. That's the thing. You know, People can't see it. But I can see the demon lurking in the background, checking things out. But Nine times out of 10, mental illness is mental illness. But then there are the 1% that are truly, you know, have attachments. Did you go in and battle these things when you saw it? Because everything's done telepathically, it takes just a moment or two. When I see that, I'll go into like a vacant room or something like that and or dirty utility room (laughs) and just do the removal right then and there. And miraculously, people get better. Don't understand it. Okay. I, I do it. They don't know it. You know, you do God's work in silence. How does the Catholic plague into this as far as exorcists? They have this protocol. So mm-hmm. do they just kind of dismiss you or take you on board or I don't I don't think they do because I got a friend request from the Archbishop of the Order of Exorcists of Saint Michael. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Out of Los Angeles. He wanted to connect with me. Oh, I for me, from a Catholic perspective, my perspective being Catholic, I think that you are a huge wealth of knowledge. I've read a lot of stuff about this, but I've never known anyone like you. 
until you experience it. I would want you be my friend and I take (laughs) you everywhere. (laughs) I have a friend in Chicago. I removed, I removed six demons from him. And he's like, I tell people I have an exorcist on speed dial. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, don't mess with me. (laughs) Now I grew up with a priest that was the exorcist of our diocese here in Syracuse, New York. And his name Uh was Father Regis Rhoda. And he's very saintly man or priest. And he was also Franciscan. Uh And he would tell us amazing stories. So I always thought what a privilege to know somebody, but he suffered. Yes. He had uh, some physical illnesses that he told me that would come on him because of him helping these people. Right. Exactly. That's the problem. You know, when you do removals, if you're a normal person and you don't have what I have inside of you, you pay for it. I mean, you know, most of them don't live very long. And if they do, they usually have poor health. They have a lot of health problems. It's horrible for them, but they understand that they pay the price for helping. But because of what I have inside of me, I don't have any health issues. Uh, well, except for, you know, dealing with my husband. But, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and, you know, I asked Michael about that and he says, Ariel protects the body. I went to a, went to the ghost conference one year and this lady says, oh, you know, let me do a healing on you. I'm like, I don't need a healing. She's like, oh, no, no, let me do it. I'm like, whatever. So I lay down the table and she says, do you know you have an angel inside of you? I'm like, yeah, I know. She said she just told me that she protects the body. She heals the body. I said, yeah, that's Ariel. She does that. She's like, okay, I guess you don't need the healing. I'm like, no, not really. Now, can we pray to Ariel for healing ourselves? I mean, is that someone that we have access to or is she just confined to no, you? No, right she, now? <laughs> no, she goes to the other side a lot of times. If my friend and I travel as ghosts and girls and We'd stay in the hotels, you know, and she says, I could always tell when Ariel left. She said, you were snoring. And then when Ariel leaves, it's dead silent. She says, I have to look over to make sure you're breathing. And she'll be gone for hours. And then she'll come back. And I can tell because she starts snoring again. I'm like, gee, thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) That leads to another fascinating question. What do psychics and mediums see when they are in your presence? Do they tell you? If they have great faith. They see it. They see her. They're not sure what they're seeing at first, and they're not sure how to deal with it. You can always tell because they look at me kind of sideways like, what? I'm like, don't worry about it. Just stereo. You must have a gift also to see who's phony or not, because there's a lot of people who say, yeah, I'm with God. And I do. Uh, I'm a psychic for God or I'm a medium for God. And they're obviously maybe not. So have you seen demonic attached to someone who supposedly represented God? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. I ran to a few people that are quote-unquote demonologists who take money from people, you know, and then don't do the job. I had one that even said he worked with me. When I found that out, oh, I was pissed because he's a phony. He works out of Seattle. I'm like, I was pissed. It's like, you know what? Don't be doing that. I I know people are going to wonder what is the difference between you and a demonologist because I'm assuming they think that a demonologist can remove demons. Yeah, demonologists cannot do that. Demonology basically is a study of demons. And most people that are demonologists do not remove them. They study them. They can say, oh, yeah, this is what you've got attached to you, you know, because a lot of them are psychic. It's like um, Lorraine Warren. 
she was considered a premier demonologist. She did not remove them. She always called in the Catholic Church to help out. She knew the drill. She knew what was required in order to get them to come out. But she could tell where they were. She could tell what was there. She couldn't see them. But it's enough that she could know they are there and bring in the Catholic Church and to try to help. She was great because, you know, she knew her stuff. She could sense them. She got the help for the people. And that's absolutely awesome. But she could not remove them herself. And I wouldn't wanted her to because that would have put her life in danger. What I do is different because I don't have to be a priest because what's inside of me is already one of God's angels. You know, Michael's always hanging around. Michael, Gabe, and Raphael. So. <laughs> My buddy Gabe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you watch different TV programs. A lot of the younger kids do. And actually, I do as well. By using a demon's name, that's a bad thing, right? Because I don't like saying their names. It calls them to you, and you don't want to call them to you. You want to completely stay away. So do you think any television or movies that maybe use the name, even though it's acting, could that actually draw to a person who's watching a TV show? It's more likely to draw to the individual who uses the name rather than somebody who's just watching the movie. Okay. You know, if that person left the movie and went out and started using the name, it's going to draw it to you. My friend Clyde Lewis, he does Ground Zero. And he's like, last year when we did the ghost conference, and I'm like, really, Clyde? stop saying the demon's name <laughs> you know and he just kept doing it and doing it. his wife came to me and says you got to do something because he's got an attachment i said you know what i'm not gonna do anything yet when he is ready and he's sick and tired of being trashed by the thing hmm, he'll contact me and sure enough a couple weeks later he's like uh can you do something <laughs> i'm like yeah <laughs> i said i told you not to say its name darn it stop it I know. I don't even like saying the D word itself. <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't do it. And I did the removal, but it's like, man, don't do that again. Because, you know, I have to be coming down there and removing again. I wanted to ask you about my experience. I've had several throughout my life, but the last one that occurred was in 2013. Well, and imagine it, that. It, I know. And it's weird that you said that. And it was something so unique. My experiences before were always like a text or... Mm -hmm just being like terrorized. This was yeah. like witnessing something that I had no understanding. So I had a dream and the dream was actually about Pope Francis. Uh -huh. And it first started off where I'm in a piazza and I see a huge crowd of people and I see a bishop who I didn't recognize and all these people are praising him in this plaza. And I had two people near me in my dream that mm -hmm. remind me of the grandparent type figures, but I couldn't uh -huh. see them. And they pointed to the bishop and they said, this bishop is dark and everything he yep. does is dark, but he doesn't know what he does is dark. Like he had but, really yeah. not a good conscience at all. He was That's not a, a warning for you. And then I saw Pope Francis, but he wasn't the Pope. He looked like a cardinal. Mm -hmm. Now imagine this dream was actually on the Monday morning, I guess I'd say right after Easter. So to me, that was like significant. I know the Pope had just become Pope that year. Is, so, it, is that the one that's that's a Pope now? Yes. Pope Francis is Pope I don't know. I'm not Catholic, so I don't know. <laughs> so then this grandparent figure points to Pope Francis in my dream mm -hmm. and they said, that he's dark and everything yeah. he does is dark, Yeah, but he knows what he does is dark. So there's that contrast of like conscience. So the first one mm -hmm. didn't have a conscience. This one has one, but he chooses right. to do bad anyways. Right. 
And then they took me to this cavern and I see this big, huge black tunnel and they point Mm -hmm. to the tunnel and I knew it went very deep. And they said, and that's where the darkness comes from. Right. So I wake up, I get a glass of water. I'm like, that was the coolest dream ever. It was really amazing. Uh I go back to lay down and I felt I wanted to pray for the Pope because I felt very scared. I get my rosary out. I'm laying down. I'm not tired. And all of a sudden I'm praying my rosary. I see a little white light go past me. I follow it with my eyes. And that's when I see it looks like my room, but it doesn't look like my room at the same time. It looked like it was altered, almost like the Lord of the Rings when he puts the ring on. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like that. And I see a, a human type person crouched on my dresser. And uh-huh. he had grayish colored skin, very ashy, but his face looked like rotted flesh. Mm-hmm. But he was also at the same time, I don't know how to explain how you can be ugly and beautiful at the same time. Yeah. And I, I was staring and staring going, what am I looking at? What am I looking at? He would scan back and forth and he did not know I was there because mm-hmm. I was right in front of him. But yeah, he wouldn't look at me at all. And then I was like, oh my God, this is a demon or something and I have to get rid of him. So I start praying. All of a sudden I notice I can't pray out loud. I have to pray in my head. I'm like, why can't I talk? I felt frozen. Uh huh. And I realized, oh my God, I'm like in a trance or something. <laughs> so then I'm praying with my mind and I said, the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer uh-huh. did not work. He didn't acknowledge me. And I prayed in Jesus name, get out of here. Did not work. But then I was like, all right, I'm doing the Hail Mary. So I do the Hail Mary in my head. He looked right at me. And then I felt this wave of energy come at me. And it felt like one of the scariest moments of my life. It felt like I was going to die. And then he was gone. Yeah. And that was it. When I came to, I was actually holding myself up off the ground because I was laying on the floor. And then Uh I was praying, God, who was that? Who was that? And the thing that came into my mind was the word, the destroyer. And I didn't know what that meant. So I had to look that up. <laughs> but that was my experience. And I didn't know. It's a warning. You know, a, warning a warning. Personal or a warning? World warning. A world warning. A well, warning of what's to come. And the dream was was right about the Pope. That's the mm-hmm. problem. You know, when I look at people, I see what's there. And he has he has an attachment. People don't want to hear that. People don't want to understand it. But I can see them when I look at someone. And the dark cave that you saw is, you know, the the catacombs underneath, yeah. you know, in Rome, underneath the uh, the headquarters of the Catholic Church. That's where that's coming from. No kidding. Yeah. I've been down there. I mean, I know they're there. <laughs> I <haven't> seen... <laughs> I was very naive about the church because I had a good heart when I entered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That everyone was basically had the same mission. They had that right. joy. Everybody has that, that calling. Yeah. And what I've been finding out is there's obviously bad people as we hear, but it yeah. seems like the church has been infiltrated in a way. Yes. There's definite evil going on. Yeah. There. And he's not the first one that's had the attachments. There are a lot of people there that have the attachments that are in power. I mean, you stop and think about it. What better way is there to control people than a leader, and especially a religious leader? Yeah. Think about it logically. 
you know the demons take the opportunity to, to they influence. do yeah yeah they do that they, they take that opportunity to influence where whenever and wherever they can what's attached to him is an old demon that's why and that's what you saw was the old demon the old demon yeah when i looked up the word the destroyer because we don't want to say the actual right. names but it starts with an a <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i know who it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> destroyer of worlds but his presence was so very powerful. Like, I have no explanation for that. And it didn't make me afraid or anything. I just felt this extreme awe. It's, yeah, it's a warning. It's like, this is what's going on. You know, somehow you tuned in on it. So you got the message per se. You know, I've seen things that are coming. I don't say anything. I try not to say anything because, you know, people are not ready to hear it. People do not want to hear that. All they want to hear is good. And I'm with you. I'd like to hear all good. But unfortunately, I can't tell you it's all good because it's not. There are things that are coming that are not so good. That's why I'm fighting now to close these dark portals. In 2018, I went to Vegas. I hate Vegas. But, <laughs> but Michael's like, Vegas. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't go to Vegas. He's like, Vegas. For six months, he kept gnawing at me about it. Why do I want to go to Vegas? And then he showed me. I'm like, fine, I'll go to Vegas. But I'm only going because you need it done. You need the portal closed. And of course, he's happy because he gets his way. So I went down there and there's this huge, I can't tell you where it is because you would know if I told you. So, <laughs> so you know, it's like all these items come together that have demonic attachments and the demons are influencing this person to bring all these objects with the demonic attachments to them so that they can create this very powerful dark portal and open it up and let the dark ones in. And... I think I know who you're speaking of. Is he aware of this? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like clueless being the word well nobody likes to think they're being used but but the thing is it had to be dealt with so i didn't even have to go into the place all i had to do was sit outside in the car and once it was complete then we went inside me and my two girlfriends road trip people and there's nothing left so i'm like all right already then we're good and move on. And I just got through doing another big one in Chicago. So do There's, these portals open up all over the place all the time? Or are they always There, there are a lot of small ones. That's their door into our world. Whenever I run across them, you know, I close them. Somebody will contact me and I'm like, oh, crap, another portal. Yeah, close it. But there's another one coming. I can see it brewing in Florida. Oh, it'll be, really? It'll be, wow. Yeah, it'll be next year. I can see them planning it. So it's like, really? You know, it's not going to happen. I hear people refer to demons as he. Are they all males? Do we have no. any female demons? No, there's a lot of them. But the males outnumber the female. I will say that. Okay. And then we have those incubuses and succubuses, right? Are they legitimately a thing? I, I, uh, I kind of put them in the, um, in the minion category. Because they're not full-fledged demons. They're kind of like the shadow person is. Or these uh, creepy crawly dudes or the watchers, that sort of thing. Because they have their own agenda. They just know how to work it, so to speak. <laughs> okay. They're a rarity. You don't, I ran into a few of them in my time in the 40 years I've been doing this. But most of the time, you know, they're easily dealt with. But sometimes the person that they're having this issue with wants them there. 
And that was a case of the very first one I had. And I'm like, you know what? When you want to get rid of her, let me know. Said, wow. But until then, uh, bye. Or six months later, I'm ready. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> now, when people have these attachments, are these impediments to make it to the other side? If you had this at your death, what would your death be like? Would you be, I know some people would probably be liberated because it's not really their fault, but some invite something in their life accidentally, maybe, but. Yeah, but, you know, you're, there are certain things that are set in stone. The time you come in, the time you leave, and the method in which you leave. So a lot of people think that demons can kill them, you know, and there's a fine line there. It's like if you've always intended to die of a heart attack, who's to say, because you don't know what the circumstances are surrounding it. You only know you're going to die of a heart attack, and that's the way it is. They can, you know, they can scare you to death. But if you're always meant to die of a heart attack or falling down the stairs or whatever, then that's the way you're going to die. But they cannot take your soul. They could try, but it's not going to work. If you're a white light soul, then you go to the other side. But if you're already earthbound and you haven't crossed, then they can can use you. They can manipulate. If you're a ghost, they're going to use you to their full extent. They collect human spirits and they use them where into places where they can't get into like if i send somebody black salt and that seals their home and they're really intent on getting to them they'll use a human spirit to go in and cause problems a human spirit will go in and give them nightmares or whatever or push them over or whatever i've heard that from the exorcist that i grew up with he told me the exact same thing Mm -hmm. so he must have either known that through experience or however they train oh yeah it's something that i'm sure is taught because it happens so frequently i heard you mention the black salt and i know that you do offer that as a product through your site what is the significance and what's the difference between regular white salt or sea salt or himalayan salt or black salt well the difference is when I started doing removals, when God said, you know, it's time, you need to start doing removals. And I'm like, okay, fine. He says, you're going to need something to protect the people, for the people to put down as a barrier to protect their home. I'm like, okay. He says, I'm going to give you a recipe for black salt. Well, I'd never heard of black salt. You know, I don't have a clue. So he says, this is how you make it. And he gave me the recipe and he said, at each step of the making of it, because I have to hand make it, he says, I'm going to bless it. I'm going to put my energy into it so that it acts as a barrier to protect against anything of this world or the next that is negative and has negative intent. So it's different in that way. Plus, when I make it, Ariel puts her energy in it as well. And demons fear Ariel. They don't want to have anything to do with her, which helps me because, you know, at the last minute when she comes forward, they know they're screwed. (laughs) Wow. I've heard people say, well, you know, I've got some black salt from somewhere. I'm like, okay, how's that working for you? (laughs) 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 But mine in 40 years has never failed to protect. And I have a sister group, you know, in England, and I got cremation necklaces, really cute ones. And I filled them with black salt, sent them to them. I said, here, when you go on investigations, wear this. And what it does is it heats up in the presence of negativity. It'll heat up and then the heat lets you know it's protecting. Wow. Well, we'll be purchasing those yeah, I very shortly. <laughs> I know you do animal communication as well. Do you ever sense anything? I, I feel like animals are just such pure souls. They are. But They're closer to God ever- than we are. And I know they can sense darkness and evil and yeah, they protect yeah. us. But have you ever seen an animal that has anything overlaid on it? 
No. I've seen ones that have been attacked. I went on a case where three of the animals were killed by the demon. The bird, one of them was a a parrot and his neck was twisted completely around. The other one was a white mouse whose head was pulled through the bars of the cage and there's no way that that animal could get his head through the bars of the cage. Oh, that's horrific. And then they were working on the dog, which was the grandmother's service animal. I can't tolerate that. I will not tolerate it. Those demons paid with their lives because I killed them. I didn't send them back. I destroyed them. When they're sent somewhere, where is it that they're going? When they're sent back, they go back into the dark realm. That's where they're sent. But if Ariel decides that the crime is sufficient to warrant killing, she slices. She actually, I've seen it happen myself, that she'll slice through them with a white light sword. And it's like they dissolve. They turn into sand and spread among the stars. When we die, we come back. When they die, there's no coming back. They're screwed. Why wouldn't she just slay them all then? The balance. It's all about the balance. If they do something horrific that warrants, she has certain parameters that God gives for her use. If they do this, this, and this, then that's it. Just get rid of them. If it's something minor, send them back. She's subject as well to the rules and regulations that God has laid down for demon slayers. Okay. She can't just go off and go freaky and do whatever she wants <laughs> she has to answer she has even as much as she'd like to <laughs> so it's almost like the balance of having the demonic it really puts people to a test to test their faith so they're in a way necessary would you say yes. but yeah. yeah it's necessary because it, it does it, it it puts you to the test i have a lady that one of the first cases i ever had was a lady that was a devout catholic she is a great person she had a friend that died and this entity came to her it looked exactly like her friend and she tried to help it only it was a demon oh wow, wow that's scary yeah, not good so uh, she lived with that for three years until she found me did it start tormenting her when she oh, figured yeah. out was... okay oh yeah nightly daily yeah the priest in her church didn't believe her thought she was crazy that is a big problem i've noticed and at least the church for the, at least since maybe the 1960s, but the, they really, really don't want anything to do with it. And I'm surprised yeah. how scared they are because there's some priests yeah. that they, um, they people are reach out to it. and they're, they're frightened. And they uh, are, they're afraid. The priests are afraid. I asked Michael one time, I said, what's up with that? I said, how come it takes me a minute or two to remove a demon, but it takes a priest, can take a priest months, years. I don't get it. And he's like, because they have doubt. If they have doubt in what they're doing, can I do it? Am I able to do it? If they have doubt in themselves, in what they're doing, or in God, they're screwed. They're not going to be able to do it. You have to have absolutely no doubt. You have to have absolute faith in what you're doing and in yourself that you can do it and in God. He says, if they, if they don't, that's what happens. And wow. that's so very hard because humans were just instilled with fear. Exactly. Just... Well, I mean, you see what they can do. I mean, it's enough to scare you. You're very remarkable. I'm just blown away. I'm well, just me. I put my pants on the same way everybody else does. <laughs> we can tell you are definitely a down-to-earth person and you have a great heart. Uh, yeah, no, you're different. <laughs> <laughs> you're different well, than us yeah. <laughs> because we're scaredy cats. <laughs> well, if you look at the logo for Ghosts and Girls Paranormal, it's funny. Because here's these two girls. First one's reaching around a corner with a recorder. Second one's behind her, peeking over. And then behind her is a ghost looking afraid. 
because what I do is dark. You got to have a sense of humor. Come on. I'm surprised you're not training mass amounts of people for this battle that we're, we're undergoing. I am. I am actually. I mentor a lot of people. I am creating what God refers to as his light worker army. Wow. Each person wow. that I help, they ask me, how much does it cost? I said, the price you pay is to help somebody else. Spread the word. If somebody comes to you and says, you know, this is what's going on with me. You tell them, let me help you. I know what's going on. I'll get you to the right person. I'll help you. That's what it's all about. It's about creating this white light army in the physical world. I couldn't agree more. What can you tell us as average non-demon slayers? <laughs> <laughs> if we encounter this, I, I know you said not to confront it and yeah. not to... Not to acknowledge it at all. Yeah. yeah. Just get a hold of somebody that knows yes. what they're doing like yourself. Yeah. I have, uh, in my new book coming out, because people are always wanting to know where they can get help, I have uh, contacted several people in a network, Keith Johnson and Archbishop James Long. Uh, I put all these people in here along with their links and stuff. Father Bob Bailey, Deliverance Ministers, Keith and Carl Johnson, Demonologists for our deal, and Adam B-L-A-I. <laughs> I can never say his last name. But I've got, oh, yeah. Adam Bly, yes. No, I've yeah. heard of him, yeah. Yeah, I've got all of the information in this new book, in the last chapter, of course. Everybody will like, oh, i got to turn the last chapter. <laughs> but all of that's in there. It's where to seek help and how to help yourself and where to seek help. Because I'm on the West Coast. You know, I can usually do things by a distance. But if they want somebody in person, they'll have to contact these other people, which is fine. They're definitely glad to help, and that's why they said, yeah, put us in there. We'll, we'll help. No problem. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that there's a place that and people that others can reach out to when they need help, because yeah. I know in the 80s when I had a little bit of a brush with what I feel was a demonic, we couldn't find help anywhere. It was just... Yeah. Let alone anyone to even believe us. And the Catholic Church was absolutely no help no. because I'm not a Catholic and neither is my family. So they just kind of dismissed us. Yeah, but I can't do that. Life's yeah. too short. Yeah. We'll get them on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been so wonderful. We want to thank you so much for being our guest today. You've just been a wealth of knowledge. The stories are incredible. The things that you talk about are incredible. Well, it's it's all for me. It's all about spreading the word, bringing awareness. That's what Demon Seer is about. The book It's about bringing awareness to people. I finished it like last year, the end of last year. But then I decided it needed to be for people who have no knowledge or little knowledge or have maybe had an experience with the paranormal. It should be told in such a way that they understand and bring awareness. This is how they work behind the scenes. This is what you can do. This is what happens when this happens. So I'm trying to finish the editing phase of it and get it out there. Wonderful. Yeah, I will be definitely uh, purchasing that book. <laughs> and, and the salt. We'll be getting the salt I too. Thank you for taking your time on this Halloween full moon day to talk about <laughs> demons with us and being the demon slayer that you are. Well, you know, you got to have a sense of humor about it. So <laughs> the way I've always been, it's like, you know what? If you can't laugh at it, then you're taking things too seriously. Even though it's a serious subject, you got to lighten up because they want you to be afraid. They want you to be worried. And, you know. They can just kiss my banana. And God is love and joy. So, I mean, you have to yep. have that. You have to have yep. that. You have to have him. Without him, nothing is possible. With God, all things are possible.
Well, thank you, June, for coming on the program today. I enjoyed myself. You ladies are wonderful. Well, thank, oh, thank you. you. We enjoyed having you. God bless you. You too. You take care. Keep you safe. Too. Thank you. To the Spirit Podcast. Supernatural Society. Analia. I'm ghost. I'm ghost. I'm ghost. Spirit. Divine Source. Heaven. The dead. Magic. Magic.